Father, we just thank you and we praise you tonight. Jesus, we just take a moment just to turn our praise on and tell you that you are wonderful. Your name is wonderful. You are worthy of praise tonight, Jesus. You are worthy of worship. You are glorious. You are high and lifted up. You wear the victor's crown. And we just glorify you in this place tonight. We exalt you in this place tonight. You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are our savior, our deliverer. You are our redeemer, Jesus. We just look to you. You're worthy. You are worthy tonight to receive honor and glory and power, Jesus. Oh, we just, we exalt you, God. We magnify you, Jesus, in this place. We lift up your name. And we say you are worthy of worship. You are worthy of our worship tonight, Jesus. You are our God. You are our Adonai. You are our master. And we worship you, Jesus. Just in the beauty of your holiness, Jesus, we worship you. Our wisdom, our sanctification, we worship you. Our deliverance, we worship you, Jesus. Our righteousness, we worship you. You are worthy tonight. You are worthy, Jesus. We thank you that you have ordained strength out of the mouths of babes, that our praise stills the avenger, silences the enemy, Jesus. We just open up our mouths. And just to say you are worthy, to say we love you, Lord, with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength, Jesus. We love you with all that we are. We praise you and we thank you tonight. We're so thankful for who you are in our lives, Jesus. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for making us whole. Thank you for giving us eyes to see the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring our sight for making us new, for causing us to always triumph. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for translating us from the kingdom of darkness. Thank you, Jesus, for for making a way, for being the way. (laughs) We thank you, Father, and we praise you that we are seated right now in heavenly places in Christ at your right hand because of what Jesus accomplished. We just praise you, Father. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places because of Christ. We just remind ourselves of what is true tonight. And we stand in the light. We worship the King of Kings. Hallelujah. While we worship you in spirit and in truth, Jesus, we just take a minute. We just take a minute because you're worthy. We take a minute, God, because we love you. And we just want to honor you. And we know <laughs> worship is, oh, is life. <laughs> we Worship is our life, God. And so we just worship you. And your presence is life. And your presence is refreshing, God. And we just glorify you. We exalt you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for your presence here tonight, Holy Spirit. Thank you that we've gathered in your name, Jesus, and that means you're here. Oh, hallelujah for these promises, Jesus, that you join us when we come together in your name. You've made us your body. You've made us your bride. We are your inheritance. We belong to you. We are your portion, Jesus, and you are our portion. We are the beloved's and the beloved is ours. So we just receive from you tonight, Holy Spirit. No agenda except just to receive whatever you have. We just depend on you in this place, Holy Spirit. We just, whoo, we just cast our cares upon you because you care for us. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. We just put on that easy yoke tonight, Jesus. We look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. You are working in our lives right now. You are moving, Holy Spirit. You are brooding over the waters of our lives, and you are doing something magnificent. You are doing something exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, all that we could dare dream up, and you're doing it from the inside out according to the power that works in us. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in our lives. Finish the good work you began and bring it to completion. Do what you do best, Holy Spirit, tonight. Lead us into all truth. Show us the future. Teach us the truth, God. Help us experience it so that we can know it and be set free. <laughs> Grant unto us a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, God. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding that we might know the hope of our calling, that we might know who we are in Christ, that we might experience your righteousness, experience your goodness inside of us, God. Experience your holiness, God. Experience the truth of the new birth and the new creation, Jesus. Help us experience the reality of what you've accomplished tonight, Jesus. Thank you for your kingdom. Thank you for your government, Jesus. Thank you that it reigns over all. It reigns even tonight, God, in our lives. Your government is expanding and increasing <laughs> in this earth and in our lives. And we just praise you for it, Jesus. We, we step into what you're doing. We step in. Hey, yeah, we just step into the flow tonight, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence here. We just acknowledge you. We say more in this place, Holy Spirit. Just fill this place with your manifest presence, with your glory, <laughs> with your goodness. God, overwhelm us tonight. Who touch our hearts. Whew, thank you, Jesus. Touch our bodies, God. Just touch us tonight, Lord. We say more of your manifest presence now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.
We just speak more of your manifest presence, God, into all of the people that are listening to the podcast now. Lord, we just say fill the rooms where they are, Father, the the vehicles that they're riding in, God. We just say more of your manifest presence, God. We just release it, (laughs) release it right now through whatever device, whatever way they're listening, God, we just say more of your manifest presence. God, thank you for just, even right now, Father, just who, just healing people, Father. Thank you that you're touching people's bodies right now, God, by the power of your spirit. Thank you that you are healing broken hearts, God. You are healing even right now, God, with your presence. We just receive it. We receive it, Jesus. Thank you that there is no distance in the spirit, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Well, Holy Spirit, we just um we just receive the words that you want to speak tonight. We just receive the message that you have for Everyone, Father, that's led to listen tonight, God, whether they're here in person, Father, whether they're listening to the podcast, we just declare, God, that this is a word in due season. Father, you know who you're drawing to listen tonight. And so we just, we get on that agenda and we just say yes and amen to what you're doing. And we give you praise and we give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, your presence is awesome, Lord. Thank you for your presence in this place. (sighs) Well, I want to just start out with a few scriptures tonight. And um, I'm just going to go as the Holy Spirit leads here. The first one that I wanted to read... It's a familiar scripture probably, but maybe you haven't read it in a while or read it in a while. And it's Acts 10.38. And it says, um, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. So I'm going to just read this in a couple of translations. I'm going to go to the Passion Translation. I like the way it reads here. Just listen to this. It says, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with great power. He did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil for God had anointed him. And I like the way in the um, Passion Translation here it says, 
that the Greek word that's translated devil in a lot of the translations can actually be translated as slanderer or liar. And so it says that, let me read it with that. It says, he did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the slanderer or the liar. You know, um, today's the day of Pentecost, which marks the, the day of, that the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit began in the earth. And that day really changed everything. Because what it meant is that the same power that Jesus was anointed with, that empowered him to go around healing the sick and raising the dead and, I mean, walking on water, turning water into wine. I mean, Jesus did these miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, in Acts chapter 1, after Jesus' resurrection, before he ascended, he told his disciples that they would receive power after the Holy Ghost came upon them. And that power was this dunamis power. It's this wonder-working power of God. It's a miraculous power of God. And he, this was coming upon man. This was coming upon human beings. And here it's, you know, it, it tells you that Jesus, the way Jesus did these miracles is that he, he was operating as a man anointed by God, in, walking in union with God, fellowshipping. It says in John uh, chapter 10, verse 30, that he and the Father were one, that he was just in this union relationship with the Father. In John chapter 14, it says that the Father in me does the works. And so there was this relationship happening in Jesus' life between the Father, obviously between Jesus and between the Holy Spirit, that empowered Jesus to do, honestly, what we call miracles, what we call signs and wonders, but is the normal way that we, as the body of Christ, have been recreated in Christ to live. And sometimes it's really kind of easy to forget that we, you know, we, we've, sometimes we've been in church so long or we've, we've heard the sermons or we've heard the scripture so long, you know, things like the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. I mean, we, we say it, but it's like we don't really, do we really believe it? Do we really believe that the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in us, the same Holy Spirit that anointed God, I mean, anointed Jesus to do signs and wonders, the very same Holy Spirit that came into the upper room, that rested on their tongues as a fire and just started to turn the world upside down, but with 120 people, this power, this dunamis power coming upon normal, ordinary people, normal, ordinary people, so that the ministry of Jesus would continue. Now, the next place I want to go is I want to, I want to go to John chapter 14. And I want to just come here. 
Well, in verse 6, Jesus says this. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. Philip spoke up and said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be all that we need. Jesus said, Philip, I've been with you all this time, and you still don't know who I am? How could you ask me to show you the Father? For anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. Don't you believe that the Father is living in me and that I am living in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but they come from the Father. For he lives in me and performs his miracles of power through me. So this is an explanation of how Jesus lived, how he, he lived in, in union with the Father, and how he said even his own words weren't his own, but that the Father, that it says here, that he's, he lives as one with the Father. It says the Father lives in me and performs his miracles of power through me. It says, believe that I live as one with my Father and that the Father lives as one with me. He says, or at least believe because of the mighty miracles I have done. Now listen to this, verse 12. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my Father. Now I'm going to skip down a little bit here because He's about to unpack the way this is all going to be possible. He says this. Verse 17, 16. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another, in this translation it says Savior, another translation it says Helper or Comforter, but it says the Holy Spirit of Truth. And I love this. It says, who will be to you a friend just like me. And he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you, listen to this, will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. It says, soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me because I will live again and you will come alive too. So when that day comes, listen to this now, important. It says, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me for I will be living in you. I feel like John 14 is probably one of the most powerful presentations of the gospel in the entire New Testament. And I think a lot of times when we look at the gospels and we read the ministry of Jesus and, and we even read, you know, Acts 10:38, and we say he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and with power and he went about doing good. It's like we, 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 
we're separated from this reality some way. Somehow there's been, there's been this disconnect that we've been programmed with um, a lot of times by a spirit of religion, a lot of times just because out of ignorance we just have lived like the world. We've been taught different types of things by the world. And so we really haven't come to grips with the truth that the way Jesus lived with the Father is the way you and I are to live with the Father. That we are to experience oneness with Jesus. And through our oneness or union with God, we are now living in the midst of the perfect love of God, in the midst of this Holy Spirit-Father-Son relationship, literally in union with him. And a lot of times when believers pray, for example, for someone, um, we aren't praying with the kind of maybe confidence that if Jesus was there praying, he would have. You know, we're not laying hands on the sick maybe with the same kind of confidence that maybe Jesus was, if he, you know, would, would if he was there. And the reason is, is because somehow in our minds, there is a separation from God. We see ourselves as separate from God. So when we lay hands on the sick, we don't see it the same as Jesus laying hands on the sick. When we, when we pray for someone, we don't see the power of the Holy Spirit coming through. We don't, we don't see that. We don't expect the power of the Holy Spirit to come through our lives as though Jesus Christ himself was actually there and the power of God was coming through the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I taught for about 10 years a class up in when I was with Bill Winston in Chicago and I was, I had headed up the, the healing ministry there and I would teach this class on how to heal the sick. And it's kind of cool because I, I would teach people basically a thousand and one ways to like pray for people. And one of the ways that we always did in that class is we always prayed for someone by having them, the person that needed healing to come and pull the clothes of the person who was praying. Now, actually, they weren't praying. They were just standing there. But the point was, is that we wanted to make, is that the same, if the same spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead was living in you, then guess what? Your clothes are just as anointed as the hem of Jesus' garment because it's the exact same Holy Spirit. The problem is we don't have faith for that. We don't really imagine ourselves like that. We think of ourselves, I mean, if you grew up in church like I did in the Bible Belt, you know what I mean? You're just a sinner just barely scraping into heaven. You know, you're just getting in by the chinny, chin, chin, you know, because you're just a lowly worm in the dirt, just a sinner. I mean, the saved by grace didn't seem, it just seemed like, it should have said like saved by mercy, or something, because you just felt, you just felt, you still felt so guilty. You know, even though you were saved, you were, you, you know, you still deserve the fire. So you could never really relax into this new creation. You didn't even talk about the new creation, frankly. I didn't hear about the new creation until I was in my 30s. I didn't hear that I was made the righteousness of Christ. I didn't hear anything about union, honestly. Frankly, I didn't even hear about that till I met somebody I mean, that's been in the last five years. But I had encounters with the Lord about union, so I'd already been preaching it. It's all over the Bible. It's like I didn't, I didn't know why no one taught this. But the point is we have, we have lived as though we know the scriptures. We can recite them. We can say them. But we live as though we've never heard them. 
<laughs> right? I mean, so I would have these people stand there and listen, just start to like get the reality that the same, that the Holy Ghost is in you. No, Jesus is in you. And guess what? I mean, think about it. The same one that was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power that went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the enemy. He's in you. And guess what? He's one with the Father. So the guy that said, let there be light, he's in you too. So guess what? Your clothes are anointed. Hey, I can feel it just talking. Can you feel the faith just start to come into the room just when you start to preach it? It's like you preach the gospel. You can feel the healing anointing just because it, it's, it's coming out of you even. It's just like you, I remember I, I would always teach, you know, teach this and I mean, the whole room would just start to fill up with the power of God. Why? Because the body of Christ was in agreement. It's like they're, they're starting to get in agreement with who they are. And you could just feel the glory in the room. Because you're, the, heaven, the heaven, the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. Chalked inside of you. The whole just chalked in there in another dimension. And I'm telling you, the people would just be amazed, right? They'd stand up here and we'd say, okay, you know, sometimes I'd call out a word of knowledge or have somebody come up and they wouldn't do anything except just, I'd say, just draw on the Christ. You know, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Just draw on the Christ that is inside this person. I mean, Christ means it's not Jesus' last name, right? It's not Jesus, Mr. Christ, you know? No, Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. So when, I, we, when we say Christ in you, the hope, it's the anointed one, which is who Jesus and his anointing, which is who? The Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. We, sometimes we just skip too quick over the scriptures. You know, it's like I've been really, really, what am I trying to say? Aware. That's the best word. Aware of how easy it is to fall back out of this place of illuminated living, <laughs> out of being awake, out of, you know, where you're, where you're just walking in the spirit and you're aware of what is real. I mean, this is what's real. Everything else is, is what's an illusion. Everything else is the thing that we need to get separated from. And so, you know, I mean, all kind people would just be amazed, right? Because they might even have faith in somebody else's anointing. Like they think, oh, their prayers will work. But they don't recognize everybody's got the same Jesus. Everybody's got the same. It's, it says the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. There's not versions of it. You know, you don't get more when you fast. You know, you don't get more when you when you pay tithes. You aren't earning the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's a gift. He's, the, it's, it, he's a gift. He came because Jesus earned it all. Amen. And so here, I'm going to read this description again. This is what Jesus is saying. He says, I, I love this. It says, I will ask the father and he will give you another savior. And then another comforter, another helper, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him, listen to this, intimately. Because he will make his home in you and will live inside of you. 
Now, whether you've gotten to know him intimately or not is not a function of that, of anything other than maybe you didn't know you could. Maybe you didn't recognize that, that the way Jesus was a friend to his disciples or the way Jesus was intimate with the Father, that you can have that same exact relationship with the Holy Spirit. There's a wonderful, I love, it's really one of my favorite scriptures of all time. It's in Matthew 11, and I really like to read it in the Amplified Version. It just blows my mind every time I read it. It's in Matthew 11:27, and it's the, the message translation. Matter of fact, in the book that I wrote, it's called The Path. Um, this scripture's in the very beginning of the book. I'd kind of say it's kind of the jumping off or the foundation scripture for the whole book. And the path is about finding your life purpose and living your life purpose, fulfilling your life purpose through intimacy with God. But here's what it says. Uh, It says, Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. It says, the father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and sons, father and son intimacies and knowledge. It says, no one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But here, listen to this. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Such an incredible scripture. This is another one of these like intimate scriptures that Jesus is like, Everything you see me doing is the father and I are one. We've got this father-son operation going on. This is coming out of intimacies with my father. But then he, then he turns around and says, but I'm not going to keep this kind of relationship, this kind of intimacy just with myself. The same kind of relationship that I have with the father, you're going to have the Holy Spirit, the same kind of intimacy you can have too. I'll go over it with you line by line. This is why I tell people hearing the voice of God continually is not optional. I, I get that we've, we've lived like that because, number one, we, I mean, my goodness. You know, before you come into the kingdom, before you hear these kinds of messages, I mean, you think hearing from God, you might need to go see, you know, a psychiatrist or something. Like, you might need to get on some medication or, you know, you, you, like you're crazy. Like, who am I to hear the voice of God? But then when you start to read these scriptures and you recognize that, I mean, these are promises, These are promises from God. He says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. I'm not going to abandon you. Okay? He says, you're going to have a friend. Well, what kind of friend can you have if you can't talk to your friend? You wouldn't have a very intimate relationship if you can't talk to your friend. And so the first thing that I always share with people is that I I have to let you know there's a new normal. There is a new normal and that you should expect to hear God and interact with God all the time. Like this is, this is your father. This is, you are the bride of Christ. I mean, this is, these are the most intimate, familial, closest relational, uh, relationships that you can have. And these are, these are the ways that God has chosen to describe his relationship with us. Now I'm going to go back to John chapter 14 again. Because I want to keep reading because there's another wonderful promise uh, here. Uh, Let me just get back there. Um, And it's a little bit further down. So we were in John like 16, 17. So here's what I, I want to go into verse. uh, 21, it says, those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. 
Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father. And I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my life within you. In the Amplified Version, I'm just going to read another version of this uh, particular scripture, but it's a promise that Jesus is going to manifest himself to us. And so this is about an experience, a relationship that's experiential, uh, not a theoretical relationship with God. You know, theoretical relationships with God don't cut it. A theoretical relationship is no relationship at all. It says, oh wait, I didn't, I'm trying to go to the Amplified Version. Here we go. Okay, it says this. It says, the person who has my commandments, this is verse 21, and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and reveal myself to him. And it says in the Amplified here, I will make myself real to him. It says, Judas, not Iscariot, asked him, Lord, what, what has happened that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not the world? And Jesus answered, if anyone really loves me, he will keep my word, my teaching. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our dwelling place with him. It says, the one who really does not, um, the one who does not really love me won't keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. He said, I've told you these things while I'm still with you. But the helper, and then the Amplified says comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. These are all aspects of the character of the Holy Spirit here. He's a helper. He's a comforter. He's an advocate. That means he's on your team. He's advocating for your good. He's an, he, it says he's your intercessor. He's praying for you. He's a counselor. You don't need a therapist. you got Holy Ghost. He's your strengthener. And he's your standby. It says the Holy Spirit. It says whom the Father will send in my name and my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. Well, how can he teach you if you can't hear him? Right? He's a teacher. It says, and he will help you. Listen to this. Remember everything I told you. So he even helps us remember stuff. That's a good helper. He says, peace I leave with you. My perfect peace. I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. He says, so don't let your heart be troubled. Nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you, so good, in every circumstance. And give you courage and strength for every challenge. Praise God. So I'm just kind of doing this today because I think that, you know, it's like the Holy Spirit. I mean, it, everything in the kingdom operates by faith. You know, everything is according to your faith. And for you to have faith, it means you've got to know. <laughs> you can't have faith in something you never heard. That's why they, it says in Romans, you know, how will they hear if you, if you don't send a preacher? Right? You, you, you have to have, you, you have to hear the good news of the gospel and you have to hear that the anointed one and his anointed is living inside of you. And we can read it, but, but the Holy Spirit's like, it's not enough to read it. The gospel is meant to be experienced. Salvation is meant to be an experience. 
A relationship with someone is meant to be experienced. It's not much of a relationship if you're never fellowshipping or never experiencing that person. And so don't settle for dry, non-experiential Christianity. Don't settle for a theoretical relationship with God. Right? And so... um, Hearing from God is not hard, okay? but it does take, uh, you have to believe. I mean, you have to believe what the word of God says. You have to believe that, you know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. You have to read that and you, you can't say, well, all the sheep except me hear his voice. I can't hear God. You can't go around saying, I can't hear God and expect to hear God. No, you say, I hear God clearly. Why? Because the Bible says. I hear God 24-7. Why? Because I'm his sheep. Jeremiah 33-3 says, call upon me and I'll answer you and show you great mighty things uh, that you don't know. I mean, God is not a tease. He's not a man that he should lie. If he says you can hear his voice, then you can hear his voice. I mean, you're recreated in Christ. Jesus Christ is living inside of you. You are one with God. If there's no separation between you and God, then the only separation that exists is the separation in your mind. It is an illusion. It is a program. It is a mindset that has to be renewed. And, you know, I went for the majority of my Christian life with no one teaching me how to hear the voice of God. No one sitting me down and saying, this is the way you hear the God and hear God. And so I stumbled around. I didn't hear God. I mean, he'd have to use all kinds of crazy ways to talk to me because I just didn't have faith that I could hear him. And, you know, if you, if you really want to hear, learn to hear God, my book is an excellent tool to help you do that. It's, it's not just a, a book of information. It's an it's a activation book. And you can go to get it at, it's free. You can go to uh, thepathfreebook.com and get a, and download a free copy of my book. Um, and at the end of every chapter, there's activations, there's, you know, exercises to help you develop that. But we are not designed to stumble through life. Whew. Thank you, Lord. We, we, we are called to walk in the Spirit. It says those that are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. So being led by the Spirit is, is ex, it, it's, it's we're to expect it. In other words, this isn't something that we should be surprised when it happens. We should expect the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We should expect the revelation of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I've heard so many just junky teachings around this. I mean, like I've heard somebody, you know, like sometimes if you're a baby Christian, you know, you know, God will be more specific or he'll, you'll hear him better because you're just, you know, you're just learning. But then when you get older, you know, don't expect that kind of, hand-holding by God. You're mature now. You can, it's almost like, wait, we're like, we're maturing into operating independent from God. And that is not how Jesus lived. I mean, some, I love the book of John in general. In my school, Emerge, I make everybody, you know, not make them, but I, I, one of the exercises (laughs) invites them to read the book of John because it's such a, such a powerful book. Uh, John had such revelation of Jesus. But here, uh, you know, Jesus says um, in verse 19 of John chapter 5, he says this. Um, well, this is so good. I, you know, he was basically, to give you the context here, Jesus 
was healing a man on the Sabbath, right? So he told the guy to take up his bed and walk. And then the Jews get really annoyed because he's not following the rules. And now he's going around doing good things on the, on a holy day. Okay. That's apparently wasn't allowed. And so it says in verse 16, it says, for this reason, the Jews began to persecute Jesus continually because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. It says, But Jesus answered them and said, my father's been working until now. He's never ceased working and I'm working too. So he was always identifying with the father. And it says, this made the Jews more determined than ever to kill him. For not only was he breaking the Sabbath from their viewpoint, but he was also calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. See, it doesn't even occur to us that when we sit around calling God father, that that means something to our identity. It's not just some title we use because we're religious, we're Christians, and so we call him Father God. No, when you say Father God, it means something about you. It means something about who you are. It means something about your identity, and it means something about the way you are called to operate in the earth as a son of God, as a child of God. And it says, here's verse 19, Jesus finally getting there. He says, so Jesus answered them and said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, of his own accord, unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever things the father does, the son in his turn does the same thing. It says, for the father dearly loves the son and shows him everything that he himself is doing. And the Father will show him greater works than these so that you'll be filled with wonder. I mean, listen to the confidence in Jesus' voice. I mean, Jesus had confidence that he was who God said he was. He had confidence in the Father, confidence that he was hearing God. He, he was so confident that he's like, I don't even do any, I don't do anything by myself. He didn't, here was Jesus Christ, God, and he was totally living dependent upon the Father and that communion. You're like, but that's Jesus. No, 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 that's you. Jesus is now living in you. So you are now grafted in. You are, it says, he that is, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 5, I think, maybe, we have to find, I know it's in, it's, it says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You've been, you've been united. And see, we, 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 this hasn't been a focus, enough of a focus for people. And so we, we still, we struggle with, with all kinds of doctrine, you know, because of it. We don't, for example, everything becomes easier when you understand union. Well, healing starts to make sense. Well, I mean, it doesn't make sense that Jesus would get sick. It wouldn't make sense that Jesus, you know, sickness would be my portion if I'm one with God. If the Father lives in me and the Holy Spirit's inside of me, well, this stuff doesn't, how can this be on me? You know, you all of a sudden you're like, no. No, you, your identity changes everything. You know, you don't understand righteousness. You feel guilty when you mess up. Well, you know what? Jesus doesn't jump out of you just because you sin. Guess what? He didn't jump into you because you weren't sinning. He became sin on the cross and eradicated your relational dynamic being influenced by that. So you're righteous because you're a new creation in Christ. You're righteous by virtue of who lives in you. And by the way, he doesn't just live in us. There's full of scriptures talking about in Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ. Romans 8.1. Well, now that makes sense. There's no condemnation because we're one. 
We're one. And the only reason I'm sinning in the first place is because I don't know it. I don't know who I am. I, I hadn't figured out that I'm the righteousness of God. I haven't figured out that the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. I'm not using the power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of me because I don't have faith in it. I don't even really believe it's in there. I've heard it, but I, I mean, I don't see it. I don't feel it. It must not be in there. Well, you don't see it, you don't feel it because you don't believe it. You get exactly what you think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you start believing in your union. You start believing that you hear God's voice all the time. You start believing that you are the righteousness of God. Why? Because the word of God says so. It's not based on your actions. It's not based on your feelings. It's not based upon your stinking thinking. Amen? My stinking thinking. I'm, I got some stinky thinking too. That's why the word of God is good to eat. It's a good diet. But not just, you know, sometimes, I'll tell you, I read it for a long time. It just condemned me. Why? Because I didn't have a revelation of the new creation. I hadn't really heard the gospel. Been in church my whole life. Never really heard. I mean, I knew I was, I knew about the cross. You know, I knew Jesus died for sinners. I mean, I heard, you know, the standard tract presentation of the gospel. And thank God for that. I'm thankful for that. But I was saved for something, not just from something. I was saved for (laughs) relationship with God. I was saved for union (laughs) with the Father and union with Jesus. I mean, are you kidding me? Like Jesus came so that I could be one with God? I mean, that is really good news. I mean, if anything, you know what I got saved from? And not just from hell, I got saved from myself. I got saved from my low opinion of myself. I got saved from having to think bad about myself all the time and beat myself up. I got saved from self-centeredness where everything is about me and what's wrong with me. And No, now I'm just like, I can just be focused on Jesus and what's right with me and the kingdom and what's real. I mean, Jesus came to save me for his self and from myself. <laughs> That's why Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Well, that doesn't mean, I mean, what does that even mean? It means that my union began on the cross. I mean, from God's perspective, I'm not just one with God now, but I was one with Jesus on the cross. I mean, this is, this is mind-blowing. This is why people thought Paul was a madman. Like, what do you mean you were crucified with Christ? Like, what does that even mean? You were crucified with Christ. Were you, did you, you're still alive. How can you? He's like, no, no, no. It's not I that live. It's Christ that lives in me. The anointed one and his anointing lives inside of me. So there's this, this new hope that rises from the gospel. And the day of Pentecost is really the fulfillment of that. It's the fulfillment of what Jesus prayed in John 14. And it's, it's our portion. It's our portion. It's our portion to walk in the power of God because he's inside of us. It's our portion to live victoriously because Jesus is in us. When he says you're more than a conqueror, 
Well, the reason you're more than a conqueror is because the conqueror lives in you. The conqueror lives in you. The one that overcame the world lives in, lives in you. Like, and this is, but we gotta not just hear it on Sunday. We gotta wake up with this, with this exciting revelation on Monday morning. On Tuesday morning. On th- I mean, this is a, this is something you live in. This is, it, it, this is not something you hear one time and then your life is transformed. I mean, it might, you know, transform something. You might get that revelation and whoa, it, it, it comes alive in your heart, but it is, I mean, the whole world lies in darkness. I mean, the news is not preaching this. Okay. I mean, frankly, a lot of Christians aren't preaching this. You know, you can, you can get, you can meet, have scripture, you know, twist scripture to mean almost anything. But, um, I wanted to go, where was I going? Hold on one second. I was going somewhere good. <laughs> oh, come on, Jesus. Um, well, it'll come back to me. Um, I'm trying to think of where I was going, but that's okay. Oh, I know where I was going. Thank you, Jesus. I was going to Mark chapter 4. There's a scripture in Mark chapter 4 that I feel like is really powerful. And I... I I get reminded of it some sometimes. It's in verse 24, Mark 4, 24. And this is what it says. I'm going to read it in this Passion Translation to see how it reads it. It says, um, verse 24, it says, Be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear. For as you do, more understanding will be given to you. And according to the depth of your longing to understand, more will be added to you. For those who listen with open hearts will receive more revelation. But those who don't listen with open hearts will lose what little they think they have. And then it says here, God's kingdom realm is like someone spreading seed on the ground. Now, if you read a little further up, it talks about how the sower sows the word. And it gives this whole parable about the different types of hearts that the word falls, that the heart is like um, the soil. It's like in this parable, it's the soil, it's the ground that the farmer's planting the seed or the word into. And so when our hearts are open and the word of God comes in, it's it's a seed. And guess what? You know, when a seed is planted in the soil, if it can get in there, if you've got an open heart and it can get in there, well, you know, a seed's going to burst forth. And the seed of the word of God will root up the image that you've been carrying in your heart that is not like the word. You know, so when you hear some of these scriptures, you know, I, I know I see a couple people taking notes tonight. It's important that you, that you meditate on these truths. You know, I tell the story, I mean, it's in my book, I tell it in my school Emerge, you know, of how God gave me a meditation project of one scripture for a whole year. And I'm telling you, you you could almost just pick one. I mean, what if you just did pick the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me? And you said, I'm going to take this one for a whole year. Like, what in the world would start to break out in your life 
if you just meditated on that scripture, if you, if you began to, you know, in Psalms chapter one, it says that when you meditate on the word, you're like a tree planted by the streams of the living water. Meaning, it says your root does, you know, your leaves do not wither. The point is what you meditate on matters. And in another scripture here, what you, what you fill your mind with. If, if you aren't operating in these scriptures that we're talking about tonight as a default way of being, I mean, this is like the way you wake up. Like I wake up aware of my union with God. I wake up and think, man, my clothes are full of the anointing of God. Somebody touch me. You know, I mean, you're just, you're hyped up to, to, you just know who you are. You know, and if you are, I'm telling you, it changes everything. And so one scripture, I mean, he had me, he had me on Colossians 125 for a year. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you, if you know, people in Emerge, and they've heard this story from me so many different times, but he had me stand in front of the mirror and he's like, you stand there till you can see it. Stand there till you can see Christ in you. Stand there, stand there. And then pretty soon, you know, as I was meditating on it and meditating on it, it's like he said, you know, it's kind of like meditating sweet Jesus. Like pre-cross Jesus. Walk in. I mean, he was, you know, it was good. He said, no, 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 honey. Listen here, baby girl. That's not who's, that's not it. (laughs) The Jesus in you is the one from Revelation chapter one. It's the resurrected Jesus. It's the one that he's the one that holds the keys of hell and death. Like it's the, it's, it's that Jesus. It's the one seated. It's this Jesus. And so I went to Revelation one and I kind of call it scary Jesus because his hair is white like wool. He's got eyes of fire. His feet are like bronze. I mean, this dude is a bad mama jama. You know, and it's like, that's who lives in you. And I'm telling you, my life was never the same. I started, I mean, I would be at the gas station. I mean, all kinds of crazy things started breaking out. People started getting delivered, getting healed. I'm doing ministry on the south side of Chicago and crack houses. I mean, I, it, my life just became just crazy. Why? Because Jesus was alive on me. And it was real. It wasn't a theory. You know, and sometimes we're, we're listening to so much, but we're not really listening to anything or we're not really getting anything established in our heart. And so ask, ask God, what scripture do you want? I mean, what is, what is the transformation you're trying to do in my thinking right now? Because Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so if transformation, if in another way of translating that Greek word, which is metamorpho for transformation, is transfiguration. He says, so be transfigured by the renewing of your mind. You're not being changed into something you're not. (laughs) You're being transfigured. What's inside of you, what's already true, is manifesting. That's what the renewing of the mind does. And so, I mean, I, you know, sometimes we, we just need a seed. We need a seed and we need to plant it in our hearts and we need to meditate on it. When you meditate on it, that's like germination. (laughs) When you meditate on it, it just like breaks that seed open and starts to let that thing develop an image in your heart. And pretty soon, you know, you'll be having experiences with those scriptures. Like, but you know, so, so how do you do it? You just, you think on it. You're the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Like when I say that, you know what? You engage your imagination immediately when I say that scripture. It's like I'm laying in the tomb with Jesus. You know, I'm just laying there. 
And now it's like I'm experiencing the tomb. I don't know how, by the power of imagination, by the power of the Holy Spirit. When Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, he's talking about your imagination. I I pray that the heart, the eyes of their heart, in the passion it actually translated, that their imagination would be flooded with light. Why? Because truth comes alive when you imagine the word, when you meditate the word of God. And here's the thing. You know what? Your, Your mind... Your body does not know the difference between a real or an imagined experience. That's why when you dream and you're, you know, running from a bad guy or something, you wake up and you're sweating because in in your mind you've been running. So when you sit there and you meditate on that word of God and you start to see that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the, I mean, that, I can, I can feel that when I start to meditate on that. I can feel the power of God starting to come into my body. You know, but what we do, we wake up in the morning and we think about our to-do list and we get depressed because we have too much to do and not enough time to do it. And we hop out of bed and we just get moving. And you know what? What if you just took three minutes in bed before you got up in the morning and just said, I'm going to lay here for three minutes and just imagine (laughs) something true, something lovely, something pure, something of good report. And what if the, what if you took the scripture before you went to bed and just began to meditate on that truth? You know, we are not to labor. I mean, our labor, we don't, we are not in a kingdom of toil. We are in a, in a kingdom where we are supernaturally <laughs> transformed by faith by what we believe so i I, i'm on a mission really to get this word into people's hearts so that it's so that it transforms their life and that's why my school emerges called a school of transformation it's because i want transformation i want the truth of the gospel i want to see lives transformed by the gospel you know when paul encountered jesus on the road to damascus he was never the same and when we encounter Jesus, when we encounter, he's the word, when we encounter truth, when we encounter, we have experiences, we're transformed by those experiences. So I've talked about a lot. (laughs) I've talked about a lot. So I'm going to read Mark 4. And just another translation here really quick. We go to the New King James, and let's just be on this a second, because I really felt the Lord highlighting this scripture tonight. It says, Take heed to what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. I'm going to do it in the Amplified Version just to give you one more view of the scripture it says pay attention to what you hear by your own standard of measure it that is the extent that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom it will be measured to you and you will be given even greater ability to respond and more will be given to you besides so, you know, I'm not trying to give you, like, one more thing to do. It's, it's really supposed to be simple. 
You know, this is just simple. I mean, ask the Holy Spirit, like, Holy Spirit, like, what, what scripture should I be meditating on? You know, what's a scripture? You know, and if you, if you don't journal, I encourage you to get a journal. You know, write, because we do forget, right? Write these scriptures in your journal. Take time to, to write down what you're hearing God say. And if you don't know, if you feel like you can't hear God, journaling is one of the most important ways to help you develop hearing God's voice. And you can just write in there, okay, Father, what do you want to speak to me tonight? Or Holy Spirit, what do you got on your heart? And then just get quiet. And don't be thinking, oh, I'm making this up or this isn't God. Trust. Trust that you hear God. Trust that and whatever you begin to hear, just begin to write it. <laughs> and you'll be amazed that as you practice this, how much better you'll get at it. Yeah. So, Father, what do you have? Just Let's just, just kind of switch gears here a little bit, and let me just kind of start to push in and lean into this. So I'm seeing this tree, and I'm seeing a little nest up in the tree. And it's like the wind has blown almost all of the leaves off this little tree. And um, But this nest is secure in the tree, even though it's like, you know, it's like, man, there's almost all the leaves are gone off this little tree. And I feel like what this represents is this is a word for people that feel like they've just been holding on with everything they've got. That there's been a, just a, and it feels like such an attack on that nest. It feels like a place of, you know, attack on your home, attack on uh, the place where you, you know, where you live, your life, the center of where you dwell, you know. And it's like, whoo, the wind's blowing, and you know, but it's pretty interesting because there's like three hatched eggs in this little nest. Um, no, it's like a couple, you know, but you're one of, and I just see like yourself as like one of these little birds, and you know, you're just singing. You're just, you're just singing. You're just singing right away. I mean, it's like you don't even realize you're in a storm. You, why? Because it's almost like you've, the reason I believe this is, is significant is because, you know, when you're a little kid or when you're a little baby, you don't even know what to be afraid of, almost. You know what I mean? You'll put your hand on a hot stove. Uh, you know, you'd walk out into traffic. You know, you probably, you could be in a hurricane and think, whoa, this is fun. I mean, it's, you're really taught fear. You know, we're, and we're taught, obviously, wisdom to not touch the stove and not run out in the yard. But the point is, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know enough to be afraid. And I'm seeing, you know, this, it's like the mama bird or the daddy bird, it's the adult bird bringing the food over to the little baby and feeding the baby. I mean, the baby just doesn't really have a care in the world. Even though it seems like this whole nest has been under attack and all this stuff is going on, the baby bird's just continuing to be joyful, continuing to sing. And I, I just really feel like it's a picture of the way the Father provides for you and, and this place of that you are secure. Like even though there's been the storm, you know what, it, you're, you're still secure. You're still in this place of security in the Father's care. And um, 
I just have a picture of this being just as a word to you that, um, it, because it's interesting because it, it's also the storm is over. That's what I'm hearing. The storm is over. Because it's not, it's, it, it, it blew through, but it's over. It's over. It's over. But I'm also hearing you sing in the storm. You sing after the storm is over. You, 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 you have permission to be almost oblivious to the storm. Remember how Jesus just slept in the storm? He was just, it's like he was oblivious. I hear the Lord just saying, don't exalt the storm. Don't exalt the storm. Don't exalt the storms of life. Exalt me. Exalt me. I'm more powerful than any storm. I am your peace in the midst of the storm. I am your provider in the midst of the storm. I am your security in the midst of the storm. And you will not be moved. Just like that nest, just like your life, you will not be moved. Yes, the storm is over, but you are called to live in a place where storm or no storm, you're the same. You're just praising me. You're just focused on me. You're just trusting me. You are not moved by storms. You are not controlled by storms. You are not affected by storms. You are called to live above the storm. So praise me in the storm. Sing in the storm. Trust me to provide in the storm in the same way I provide when it's not storming. I am not affected by the storm. And I am training you to be like me. And I hear the word storm. What storm? Storm? What storm? Oh, there's a storm? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just too busy worshiping to notice. Your nature is to praise. Your nature is to sing. Your nature is to be joyful. That's your true nature. You've been taught to fear. But your nature is to not fear. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Anything else for tonight? Well, well, Father, we just thank you for the words that you've spoken, and we thank you that um, you're going to continue speaking. Thank you that you are going to uh, just solidify the specific instructions that you have for folks that came out of tonight's teaching, God. You're going to... You're going to highlight, make highlights, Lord. And um, I thank you, Father, that for some, they're going to need to listen to this teaching again. 
uh, more than once. That's why we've got it on the podcast. (laughs) So that can happen. And so, Father, I just release grace, grace to do what you're telling them to do. You said not to just be a hearer of the word, but to be a doer of the word, God. So I thank you that there is some kind of instruction or some kind of follow-up that you're wanting them to do out of this message. And so we just ask you to help them with that. Thank you that it's not laborious, laborious, it's not heavy. It's just real something simple. And we thank you for that. Awesome. Well, I just want to thank everyone that's joining, you know, by the podcast all over the country. And I want to encourage you to sow a seed. Uh, we're going to take up our offering here with those people locally, but I encourage you to go to shalice.com and you can go to the give part on the website there and just to sow a seed into the ministry and help us keep the podcast going, help us keep uh, just the ministry uh, expanding uh, its reach. We've got people listening from all over the place. We've got even international people that are listening. We get kind of all kinds of feedback. And here we are in this little mountain town up in the little mountains of Colorado and God's just reaching out all over uh, with this message. And so, um, Father, we, we need to, and there's a, a basket here if people want to just give into that, but there's envelopes in there. Um, I'm just going to bless Father. Thank you for uh, just every listener today, God. Thank you for the people that are here. Uh, and Lord, we just thank you that you are blessing our finances, God. We are blessed to be a blessing. Thank you that you are, uh, for those that are, you're calling to partner with the ministry, God. Thank you that uh, they're hearing that call and they're being obedient to that, Father. Uh, we just bless the seeds that are being sown as a result of uh, their participation today, Father. And I just speak a harvest over every seed. God, I thank you that you are their provider and you, just like that bird, Father, that was coming to the tree, Father, you are a constant supply of everything that they need. And so we just say our finances are blessed and we are empowered to prosper. And I just release increase in every direction in Jesus' name. Amen.